I do wish you'd pray. Brother Tommy packs the place out for this conference every year. I have the privilege to go and to be a part of that service and those services. And it starts at 7 tomorrow night. I would appreciate you praying for me that God would give me the right thing to say and strength to say it. I hope and pray tonight you'll try your best to remember that. Look at Matthew chapter 13 and verse 31. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field which indeed is the least of all seeds. He said that for a reason. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs. Goes on to say, and becometh a tree. From just the smallest seed in the seed family, bear it in the right place, it grows up and becomes something profitable and becomes something powerful. Notice, when it is grown, uh, it is the greatest among herbs, and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. I want to talk to you tonight for just a moment uh, within the context and then uh, apply from the context for application's sake, something I think will be a help to every one of us. And we're going to title this off the screen. I didn't give it uh, to Jesse. Timmy's out of town. Jesse's sitting in for him. The title of this, write it down there in your Bible, Planting Principles or Principles That We Plant By. Look at these verses and pray while the Holy Spirit helps us tonight. Brother Steve, pray, if you will, please, for God's strength and power on the preaching of the gospel. Lord Jesus, I pray this evening, Father, that you'll have your way in this time. I pray that you'll give our pastor liberty tonight to be able to preach in power. And I pray, God, right now that you would set a hedge of protection around him Lord, we're not looking to be entertained, and He's not looking to do any entertaining. But, God, what we need tonight is to hear something from the throne of grace. And so, God, I pray that You'd reach down out of heaven right now and have Your way in this place and get glory. Get much, much glory for Yourself and be pleased when it's done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. You can have a seat. In the 13th chapter of the book of Matthew, you will see Jesus speaking and talking to people in parables and secret things being released that were secret from the foundation of the earth. He says it. Many of these, I preached on one of them the other day, lessons from the kingdom, about the treasure that was in a field. A man found, about, found out about the treasure, so he bought the whole field so that he could go. He hid that treasure, and he bought the field, went back, and then owned the treasure because it was part of the field. And we talked about the uh, parable of the treasure. Now tonight, I want to talk to you about the kingdom of heaven uh, and, and, and the parable 
that is spoken here about the kingdom of heaven concerning a grain of mustard seed. Now I want you to notice four planting principles or principles of planting quickly, briefly. I'll be done. Take my seat. The service will be over. Etch these in your mind if you don't write them in your Bible and see with me principle number one. I want you to notice the smallness of the seed. Write that down somewhere and look in verse number 31. The smallness of the seed. The parable speaks to us about the kingdom of heaven likened unto a grain of mustard seed which a man took, sowed in his field. Now I want you to notice what verse 32 said, which indeed is the least of all the seeds, the least of all the seeds. I like to plug every once in a while, if I can, I like to plug a paragraph and I like to plug some preaching for the little ones. I like to try to help parents do some parental negotiations with their young people and try their best to influence them for the glory of God. Because one of these days, this pulpit's going to be emptied from me and by me and someone else is going to stand here and it very well could be one of the small ones that we are planning in this ministry now. Notice, if you will, please, with me, the smallness of the seed. The Bible says that the seed called the mustard seed, as you probably already know, is the smallest of the seed family, but in its smallness, put in the right place, it takes on bigness. <laughs> and it begins to grow until it is grown. Now let me stop by way of application here and say to every parent in this room and to every family member in this room and to every adult in this room who has any sway over a little one or any influence over one of those that are small, I want to say to you this, this evening that they are important to what we're doing and the smallness of every one of these little seeds that are being planted in this congregation is very, very important. We could talk about our offering being planted. Uh, we could talk about our influence being planted. But I want to take just a moment and say the small ones that God put under our influence, the small ones that God has given us. Some of our small ones have got real big. Some of our small ones have grown up. Some of our small ones have reached adulthood. Some of our small ones are not small anymore. And we wish we could do something to help them. We wish that we could have done something different. We wish that we could go back and retrain and redesign, but that's not going to happen. The thing that we need to see here tonight, that when God puts a small seed in our household, we need to take full advantage of planting that one in the work of God. It's important that every one of these that God gives us responsibility for are seen that we start early with them and that we start out when they are small and start out when they are infants. And if you have a little one tonight and you have influence over that little one tonight, 
I want you to know it's vitally important that we give them to God. It's vitally important we give them to Jesus. It's vitally important we sing the songs of Zion. It's vitally important that we live a testimony. It's vitally important that we let the Holy Spirit do something for those little ones for just a little while. They'll be grown and gone. And we'll lose our influence quicker than a wink. They tell me, I'm told by people who are supposed to know, that even in the womb, even in the womb, little children are influenced by the noises its mother makes, by the influence of the spirit its mother has, by what goes on within the makeup and the psyche of that mother. In other words, when she's happy, and she sings, and she rejoices, and Christians do that, you know, if they're real, and they rejoice, and she gets happy over what the Lord's done for her, or over what God is doing in her. The Bible certainly encourages us to rejoice, and uh, society tells us, and professionals tell us, and uh, pediatricians tell us that that baby is influenced even in the womb by the spirit of that mother's testimony and the spirit of that mother's actions. I could take you to the Word of God and prove it just a little bit over there in the life of Elizabeth. She came in contact with Mary one day and they got to talking about the Lord Jesus and about God's miraculous power and about God's great presence and about God's great persona around them and God's goodness to them. And they started talking about the testimony of the Lord. Hello. And John the Baptist leaped. <laughs> Somebody told me the other day he didn't leap far because there wasn't womb. I think it was some corny friend that I had. But I'll have to say amen to that. There ain't no running room. But there is leaping room. Because he leaped over the fact of the mere mention of the name of Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Do you have any influence over a little one in Sunday school here? Do you have any influence over a little one in the day school here? Do you have any influence over a little one that runs around here and calls you a friend or calls you a testimony or, or calls you an associate? Let me ask you. Let me take it closer to home. Do you as a mom and you as a dad have influence over one that could be a project that God is working on for ministry to come? You say, my kid's having all kind of difficulties and my child's having all kind of problems. Could it be that the devil is attacking what he thinks will be victory? Could it be that one of the greatest blessings of your child's life is that the devil is trying to stop what the Lord is trying to do. Let me ask you a question. Will your influence make any difference? Will my influence make any difference? These little old kids go around here grabbing me by the leg. They know I know where the bubble gum is. They know I know where the lollipops are. They know exactly how to get the sugar. They know how to get the candy unwrapped. 
They know how to get the blow bubbles and carry on with me. They'll go in and around the house of God and you'll hear them talk to one another. And I believe that church on Sunday ought to be one of the happiest places a child goes. I think the house of God ought to make such an impression on a little one that they don't hate to go, but they're glad they get to go. Can somebody help me go to church just a minute? You say, Brother Brown, they ought to love you. Well, I want to say, Brother Congregation, they ought to love you. And they ought to see you as important. And let me say something. They do. And I want to thank God and praise the Lord for the small ones, the insignificant ones. They look like they're just absolutely unbeneficial to what we're doing. But the fact is, the smallness is around greatness and if greatness continues to be around smallness and smallness gets planted with greatness, greatness will come out of smallness. Everything that's great now at one time was small and insignificant. Everything that's president of something tonight at one time was insignificant and small. But just like this story, it grew up. Just like the story, it got strong. So, tonight, we want to come to the altar in just a moment, bow down with our little ones, and we want to do everything we can to pray heaven down on them and to seek the Holy Ghost on them and to have God do something for them, Mom and Daddy can. Do you believe that? you think that's a pretty good point out of that verse? Just give the Lord a praise and glory. Notice. The first planting principle, the smallness of the seed. He said it's the smallest of all the seed family. You know, you may be, you just may be rearing in your influence and you may be enshrouded by and surrounded by something so small that you would look at it and say no potential. But God. Isn't that the way it was with, thank you, Lord? Isn't that the way it was with David? <laughs> yeah, that's the way it was. When they come looking for a king in Jesse's house, they strutted all the big boys out there. Old Samuel went by him and looked at him, and Samuel went by him and, and, and negotiated with him. And old Samuel walked by him. He said, you must have some other children because these ain't cutting it. What do you mean? It's the best I got. Man, look at them. Physique. Look at them in strength. Look at them in power. Look at them in ability. He said, well, I've looked and I see, but I just want to tell you, I don't feel nothing around any one of them. Have you got? He said, well, yeah, but he's just a runt. I'm trying to watch him sheep. All he does, where is he? Bring him to me. He brings the little one. He brings the insignificant one. He brings the neglected one. He brings the one that don't stand head and shoulders above everybody else. And what does he say? That's him. David might have been a sheep herder at the time, but he became a giant killer in just a little while. Big things come out of insignificant things when we see the importance when they've been put around us. Number two, notice with me, 
not only the smallness of the seed, but notice the sowing of the seed. The sowing of the seed. Notice what it says. A man took it, verse number 31, and sowed it in his field. I want to say it again. It's on the screen. You can look at it. A man took the seed and sowed it in his field. Now, it is not enough to see something in its size. It's not enough to see something in its stature, whether great or small. Something must take hold of it, no matter what size it is. The Bible says he took it. Something touched that seed. That seed was little and dormant. That seed was small and displaced. That seed's in the bag. That seed's in the sack with all of the other seeds. But that seed has no potential until it is taken. He laid hands on it and he sowed it in his field. Oh, hallelujah. May I say something to you tonight? It's vitally important that you and I recognize no matter how small our offering is, when God lays his hand on it, it becomes bank account size. It doesn't matter how small our talent is. I'm glad to know you may not be able to preach but a smidget. That's Greek for a little bit. You may not be able to sing but just a little bit. You may not be as good as your pastor at singing. You just may not have the musical talent that is embodied in this 200-pound frame. You may not have, but hey, glory to God, I'm glad to know this. Whatever you have in its content, whatever you have in its smallness, when God takes hold of it, all of a sudden business picks up, the Holy Ghost begins to do something, and hey, all of a sudden, we got us a meeting. He took it and he sowed it. Everybody in here who has any contact with a little one ought to recognize tonight not only the smallness but the responsibility we have in sowing these little ones. A seed it's not going to be any good in the bag. A seed is not going to be worth its weight or its size, no matter how large it is or small, as long as it's in the sack. But he took it. I want to tell you how important it is. And I want to say to you tonight, it is, I'm going to use a big word, it is mandatory. It is, ab, here's another one, absolutely essential. That God lays hold on that little one of yours. And number one, plants it. Amen. Puts it where it ought to be. Plants it where good ground is. Plants it where it can grow in the right kind of environment. And plants it where it might become something for the glory of God and the good of its family. Hey, take that little bitty nobody. Put him in the hand of God and plant him in the good ground of the gospel. And I promise you something. You've got you a handful of dynamite that will certainly blow up someone. Not only should we plant them, but we ought to pray over them. 
And we ought to do everything that we can to prepare them in prayer. He took it and he planted it. He put it in the soil. And like a good farmer, he prayed for rain. Like a good farmer, he prayed for water. Thank God I'm glad this book represents the water of the Word. I'm glad tonight that a kid don't need a mama with plenty of money. A kid don't need a daddy that's filthy rich. Uh, what a kid needs is a mom and daddy knows how to get down on their face and pray the Holy Ghost down on somebody until that somebody gets up and does something for the glory of God like he never could before. And pray them in. You got a little one under the influence of your testimony? If you do, mom and daddy, plant them in the Lord. Keep, you say they don't much like church. We're not taking a vote. We're going to teach them how to like it. We're going to keep it as a... I had a little girl in my Sunday school class this morning. She's a fourth grade girl. Got a good Sunday school teacher. I went over to her. I said, honey, do you know we have Sunday school for little girls? She said. Her dad was sitting with her. He said, preacher, she don't have a problem with her teacher. She don't have a problem with her class. She just likes coming in here with you. She likes your class. I said, well, everybody in the world ought to have the discernment that that child possesses. <laughs> I mean, a fifth, a, a fourth grader, however old that is, she sat there like a model member. And listen to me talk to adults out of my heart during Sunday school this morning. What is it, preacher? They need to be planted somewhere that's exciting enough to where they'll like it enough to want to become a part of it enough to where God can use them enough that when they meet Him, they can hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Somebody help me praise the Lord just a minute. I said, we ought to plant them. We ought to pray over them. And yeah, there comes time when you've got to prune them. <laughs> you're just going to have to cut some of the rough edges off of them. You're going to have to set them down and tell them what's what. But praise God when you get up from that little what's what session. Remember this. The ultimate goal is not for everybody to think you're a great mom or for everybody to think you're a great dad. The ultimate goal is for God to get glory out of them children you're raising and for God to get glory out of them children that, are, that call you mom or dad and your testimony and the power of God ought to be in every one of them with all their heart. Look at number three. Not only is there the smallness of the seed, the little ones, the uh, sowing of the seed, but uh, let me... Uh, uh, son, let me, uh, if I can, put these next two together and, and go to that last one and just put the support uh, uh, of the seed or the strength of the seed, either one of those, and look at verse number 32 with me in your Bible. I'll close it out on this point. The Bible says, which indeed is the least of all seeds. Now notice this. But when it is grown, how many of you have grown children? Let me see your hands. Way up in the air. 
Don't be afraid to raise your hand. Grown children, all right? How many of you are like me and you watch your grown children do some things and, uh, and, and in many cases do many things that we wonder where they learned it? And we hope they didn't get it from us. But if you're like me, I have to come to the rude awakening that they're so much like me, they stink. And the very things they do that I don't like are the very things Diane don't appreciate either. (laughs) Every one of us, number one, ought to understand we have influence over their smallness. But once they get 18, 19, and 20, you have no influence left as far as discipline, as far as direction, and as far as devotion and dedication. If you have an older child tonight that's wayward from God, you better cry to your eyes or swell, and you need to pray until you're hoarse because there ain't but one person can help an older young person, and that's the Lord Jesus. You're, I don't care you, how many of you know you can talk to your blue in the face. You, you can beg them. You can plead with them. You can try to instruct them. They'll turn right around and do backwards, absolutely backwards from what you say. But how many of, of you have ever seen the Holy Ghost get a hold of a child who is older? Yeah, I was 21 when he rolled in on me. And I thought for sure I knew more than most folks I knew. I thought for sure I had it all going on. And little did I know God was fixing to slap the snot right out of me. And he did a good job of it. Then notice, if you will, please, the strength of the seed. And when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becometh a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge uh, in the branches thereof. Are you listening to what I'm saying? If you have a little one, if you have a small seed under your influence, I promise you this, whatever you've got to do to get it grown, and to get it up with some size and some spirituality mixed. Whatever you got to do is going to be worth it when they're grown. When they begin to teach theirs, when they begin to encourage and instruct theirs, somebody has said this, and I believe it with all truth. The test of you raising good children is not in your children when they're grown. It is how they raise their children that's going to really tell the tale. What did they learn when they grew up? What did they learn from you about instilling instilling in their children what they need? Vitally important when your children get grown that they become that word herb means basically a flowery bush, and then it says a tree. And the context there means a flowery or a bushy tree that becomes a haven for birds to dwell in. 
What is the context there? What is he saying? The life of your little one ought to be raised and ought to be exciting enough when they're grown to where productivity and strength would be available in their life for others to roost their life in and for others to see that the strength of their life is Jesus Christ. I want to ask you something tonight. In the simple principles of planting or to plant by, do you have any leeway, any responsibility, any testimony, any... It is sad when a little one is contacted by a pedophile or contacted by somebody mentally and physically deranged to hurt them. God have mercy on people who look at little people for their own gain and their own selfish desires. God put those little folks here to become testimonies for the glory of God. And how many have been aborted? 1.5 million every 12 months are aborted and killed by the hands of professionals that could very well become the greatest of these. James Robertson is a Baptist preacher. James Robertson has, was a Southern Baptist evangelist for years. He now has a program on television. He and his wife, Betty, they sit there and uh, have guests on this show. They do all kinds of missionary projects. And I don't know anything about his philosophy. I don't know anything about his theology. I have no idea. I don't have any problem encouraging people to listen to what he says and watch what they're doing because it's uh, certainly a good situation and a good testimony. I sense the Holy Spirit is there. Uh, James Robertson preached the Word of God one time in South Birmingham. I was in a meeting over there, and I got to go hear him preach in a civic center. Uh, the, I closed out on a Tuesday, and we stayed over there and heard one of the messages that he preached to preachers in the evangelism conference for the state of Alabama years ago. That boy ran back and let it rip, and I'm talking about hundreds of people walked out, most of them preachers. And they were weeping in the altars and begging God for power and strength. He got up on another occasion and gave this testimony. He said his mother went to a scheduled abortion meeting to have him killed. She even went as far as being prepped for the ordeal. I won't even call it surgery. But he went to the preparation of the ordeal. She did. She was there with a hospital gown on. Moments, just moments from anesthesia, uh, from, uh, from the, what do you call it? Anesthesia? And <laughs> I think I've had some tonight. And <laughs> just moments from being not silly. She said to the doctor, he said, I need to think this over. I will not 
go any further. Cancel my appointment. And you can have your clothes back as soon as I dress. James Robertson test testimony of this. He preached all over America. He said this. He said, I was five minutes from not being. And how many birds would not have flown in? How much strength would have been lost in the power of that tree had that seed not been planted in that boy's life? Thank God tonight I'm glad to know that the Lord can take our miscues, God can take our mishaps, God can take our misfortunes, and God can take our missed goals, and God can, by the power of God, make an indelible impression and a difference in our life, and God can use this church to do it. Give Him praise and glory if you believe it. If you have a grandbaby, if you have a son, if you have a daughter, I don't care how old they are, if you have any influence over a young one, if you got an ounce of brains in your head, I hope you're listening. The little ones need to be taken and planted in good ground so that they can grow up, be strong, and have purpose in the limbs of their tree. So that God can shade the world through the testimony of their strength. Hallelujah. I want you to bring that child, if you've got one, in just a moment. I want you, if you have a, a, a grandchild that is not being influenced by godly parents, not being influenced by a good church, I want you to come and find you a place to pray. Because I believe God transcends the devil's power, moves over and above the powers of hell, and moves in on the target when we pray. If you got somebody that is a neighbor of yours that's a little one, if you have one that is in your immediate or in your extended family, I want you to come tonight and pray as we pray. Father, I do pray tonight as the kingdom of heaven is like a little thing, just a small thing. Yet, God, how we thank you, it is a soulable thing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for the influence that I have.